You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Didn't have to go to Dalton. Oh my gosh, apparently I can't ever do it again, I'll tell you that. We didn't know where you were. I thought you were I dead. I told Justin. Justin didn't. He was like, I don't know where he is. All right, you ready? <laughs> yes. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. That's it. Um, our, other, our other Jason, the better Jason, um, uh, couldn't be here week but he will be back next week and maybe maybe Matthew (laughs) I can't edit that out (laughs) I'm just kidding we love you Matthew we love you you know what we don't love though Matthew there's no more drinks in your youth room (laughs) there's yoohoo's and like those barrel juices so I'm not a six-year-old and I want coke zero back in there Mm -hmm. At the very least, Diet Mountain Dew, which I don't like, but I'll drink it over a Yoo-Hoo. So here I am drinking bottled water. I know. This is what persecution must be like. <laughs> like those trials and suffering. Anyways. Um, Alright, so uh, just to set us up, we kind of do something similar every year, but uh, we're coming up here on... Uh, Halloween is this coming Tuesday, hmm. and this will be... Did you know... I didn't even know these kids don't have school Wednesday. What? Yeah. That's what That's what Corey's saying. Yeah. I'll have to check my calendar. Apparently, I guess just too much candy. Are you sure? That's what she said. And if she's wrong, that'd be great. <laughs> like, I tried to get a new license plate. Monday, she said, "Go get pick. Up. I've already paid for half of it. Go get the new Isaiah 117 license plate." Oh, you got one? Yeah. And I and she said, "Go to the DMV." I said, "I don't think it's at the DMV. I think it's wouldn't it be at the um, downtown?" Yeah. The... So I kept asking her, and like the county clerk's office is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I. And she said, get the DMV. Everyone's said that they got theirs at the DMV. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm an idiot. So I drove the DMV, which is only like three minutes from the house. And there's no one there. No one says anything to me. So I just went and got a ticket. And they immediately called that ticket. (laughs) (laughs) And I went up there and I was like, I said, I'm here to pick up the Isaiah 117 license plate. And she just looks at me and I'm like, um... She said, that's at the county clerk's office. And I said, thank you. I said, can we get this in writing? Can you re- can I record you saying that for my wife? <laughs> so, anyways, we got the new license plate. I put it on yesterday. It looks great. And um, every once in a while, a few times a year, I am right. And uh, Corey's wrong. But she's right quite often. But, all right, anyway. So, again, this coming Tuesday, Halloween. Let's have some scary questions here. No, we just have a question to kick us off, and then we'll uh, go through the passage that we looked at uh, this past Sunday. So, I think I've asked this question a few times over the years, but what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? 
Uh, I thought about this, and I was trying to think of a scary movie. Um, I think I answered this the last time you asked, but it's Fire in the Sky. What? Fire in the Sky. Fire. It's an old movie from like the 90s. Is that from the Left Behind series? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> so one of the Rapture movies? No. <laughs> no, it's an alien abduction movie. Ooh, an alien. You, thought, you picked a... Uh, alien movie for the scary. It's what pretty old. It? I mean, it's pretty old now, so I don't know if it. I don't know. I haven't watched it since then, since I saw it. Yeah. So I don't know if it still carries today, but yeah. Yeah. When I first saw that movie, it was. It messed with me. It, <laughs> have you ever seen Children of the Corn? Yes. I watched that in Illinois for the first time. That was before we had moved there. I'd visited a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what, why they wanted to play it, but Malachi, that's a good. Yeah, I think I've said this before. Do you remember what my scariest movie is? I do not remember. It's not. I, I guarantee it's, it's not. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it's Halloween Town. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain it's not, not on people's top list, but The Sixth Sense to me. I know. I, I'm just saying there was something about it. That maybe I don't know. Maybe I was just in a weird mood when I first saw it. Something about it that I didn't sleep for a while. Um, the Sixth Sense has always terrified me. Doesn't um, Nate have a whole bit on that movie? Yes, <laughs> before and <laughs> yeah, and this guy went He's like, it a makes whole more year. Sense it makes more sense. His <laughs> wife didn't talk to him for a whole year, <laughs> and they show him being shot at the beginning of the movie. Yep. and it makes more sense that we're like this guy. He's just going through it. <laughs> His wife won't talk to him. Um, I'd say some of the other top contenders that I don't... None, again, none of these people are like, I don't watch those. I'm not recommending anyone watch these movies. I'm just saying. Um, I, I ended up watching The Exorcist for the mm-hmm. first time in Bible college dorm room. <laughs> and did not sleep well that night. Uh, we watched The Ring... Oh, the ring now, yeah, in theaters Whew. while people are screaming the whole time. That was actually fun just because it was like, just I don't that know, would it felt like there. an event. That would be yeah. there. Yeah, another one that I was I was googling movies and I forgot it was such a good movie and it was really creepy. You remember the movie The Others? I think it's an M Night Shyamalan movie with Nicole Kidman. Can I, I'm gonna spoil the whole movie. Okay, go ahead. So like she is she's with her kid they think like this house is haunted this whole movie you think this house is haunted and at the end of the movie you find out they they were the ghost the whole time they were I dead feel the whole like time. i've seen it but it's been a long time yes 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 i've seen this yeah maybe it's i not forgot it was an is it an m not sure uh, maybe not now they say it but it i thought no, that was a good not. that was a good thriller movie the six senses m night Shyamalan. yes okay um so I will say this. I gave up scary movies a few years ago. I was telling this someone this a few days ago. I was watching... Um, it's on Netflix. It was like The House on Haunted Hill or something like that. Or The Haunting on Hill House, I think was it. I got the second, third episode and some like super creepy scene happened. And I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done watching these things. They're demonic. They don't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I, at the end of the day, I think I stopped watching these 
out of that twofold conviction. I was like, this just feels, this is just more demonic than it mm-hmm. is like fun, scary. And I never finished a movie or one of those shows and thought, I just, I never felt good. Felt good. Like, and I was man, like, so why? Go yeah. Conquer the world, man. <laughs> yeah. I know some people like really love that adrenaline of it all. But for me, I was like, this, this, this doesn't feel good for me physically, emotionally and spiritually. So let's just knock it off. So, um, anyways. All right. Well, there's the list. Let's get into it. First Samuel 23, one through 14. How does God answer prayer? We don't have a ton of questions here. Does God answer everyone's prayer? Some of us don't have a ton of questions and some of us do. I gave you well. Some of us didn't show up small group or church Sunday. Some of us were at Dollywood. So, if you wanted the answers to these questions, we went through them at small group. Actually, the small group discussion was like I don't know if it was just because we met right after church, but I don't know. They were ready to discuss. They just heard the message. That's helpful. It is, but. All right, what do you think? Does God answer everyone's prayer? No. Next question. No, you I don't think he written. does. You I do, written. I do. Um, I say no, and, and um, as to why, I would first say, do you, do you even know God? Do you have a standing relationship with him? Are you, are you right with the Lord? Um, I think you mentioned in the sermon... That I did watch on YouTube. Um, you <laughs> asked, uh, "Do you have unrepentant sin in your life? Is there something, um, something that you need to confess and get off your uh, get off your soul?" Um, I would ask, "What What are you praying for? Are you Are you asking for things outside the Lord's will?" Um, and I would finish by saying, "And sometimes um, God just says no." Yeah, I mean it's not up. God is God. It's not up to us um, to dictate what He does with our with our prayers or how He answers them. Yeah. Um. I was singing that Garth Brooks song to my kid on the way home Sunday. Oh, no. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Some of God's greatest gifts, ruining. And they're always just like, I we don't. <laughs> Yeah, they're just very mean to me when I sing. Um, yeah, and I, I, yeah, we just made that point Sunday. Like, if you have this unrepentant, wicked sin in your heart, and it'll go through. We might bring this up later in these questions, but if that's your heart posture and you're pleading for God, you may not get it because He's not listening to that unrepentant sin, um, which is that. Uh, what Samuel had prophesied about, like you, we told you not to get a king, and yeah. you got you chose your own king, and when it doesn't work out, because it's not going to work out, yep. I don't. It just felt like a parent conversation. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, look, son, don't do this, and if you do, if you go behind my back and do it, like don't come crying to me when it doesn't work out for you, because I told you so, and that's sort of the reality that um, has happened. So, hold on, let me, Corey's texting me. She said, call me. 
Now, preferably. I'm like, is it an emergency? Hold on, let's find out if it's an emergency. I don't want to ignore her, and they're like, we took the kid to the hospital, you know. So, gotcha. You know what I mean? It's a long text message, I know that. <laughs> All right, I'll call her. I'll call her, see what she says. Let's put it on pause. Okay, I think it worked. I think the pausing probably won't pick up in the recording that there was a little pause there. So no one would have known if you wouldn't have said anything. Well, I didn't know if I like. I don't know. I didn't start want adding I commercials into our pauses. <laughs> yeah, get some sponsorships <laughs> or something. We're gonna sell. <laughs> um, Doctor enough. Yeah. Who who would sponsor this podcast? Mm-hmm. No, that was a question. Who oh, I, <laughs> I thought you were asking them. I'm like, yeah. Anyways, all right. Super no emergency, crazy. but it was. I needed. I didn't need to call her back, so we're good. Let me uh, go back. All right, where are we at? How does God answer prayer? You've point answered one. that first question. Yep. Point one is by providing a great victory. Uh, Jason, first question for you: uh, Why should we pray for victory in this life? Read some scripture here. This is James 4, 1 through 3. What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So here's the thing. I truly believe this is what we this is what launched small group Sunday that spent we all went back and forth as a group discussing that took the longest. But I truly believe that there are things we don't have, um, whether that's material things, uh, situational things, opportunity things, uh, overcoming sin things, because we do not pray and ask God for them. So if we really stop to think about that, I truly believe there are things I don't have right now in my life because I don't pray about it. Hmm. That's, unless I change my mind later, that's where I'm at with that. And I truly believe that. Um, And I think there's, scripture is clear about that. In that same breath, we can't divorce the reality of that passage from its context. Uh, This is about worldly passions and fighting. So the main emphasis um, is really like p- unity and peace and not quarreling with each other. So it's possible that we don't have things because we have asked for them so we can spend them on worldly passions. Mm. So are you asking for something? This is a question that we have to think through. Are you asking for something to make your life better or are you asking something to feed the false god you worship? That's mm. a very thin line. Um, and I think doing some serious individual repentance, self-reflection to answer that for ourselves mm. would be where it's at. But I don't, like again, I don't think it's wrong biblically to pray and ask for things, right. for life to be better for many different reasons. 
but that careful distinction is like, well, why are you really asking that? Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with, with praying for, for victory, that scripture is clear. There is victory. That there are things that can happen in our life that require prayer to make happen. I don't care where you're at theologically, how big or little you view God's sovereignty. That's a clear reality of Scripture. Um, prayer. Some things will not take place because they were never prayed for. Hmm. How that all works out cosmically, I don't know. But uh, God's will is driven by this process of, of prayer. Hmm. So, all right. For you, yep. why should we stay focused on the victory that we have in Christ? Here was the other big half we talked about in small group. <laughs> um, I've said, or I, I've got typed out here, uh, and I, I say hopefully because I can't answer for everyone. So right. we hopefully have dedicated our lives and have have placed our hope and faith in Christ. Um, he is our victory, plain and simple. Uh, he has conquered death. He has promised us eternal life through him, um, and we have no victory outside of Christ. I wrote down or typed out First uh, John 5, 4 and 5. Um, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah. Those are that was great examples too. But and I think we had the most and I wouldn't say disagreement. I think we were all kind of saying the same thing, but maybe the most confusion on this question. And I the emphasis that I was trying to make, at least on Sunday, was let me put it like this. So if you're praying for things, you're praying for God to do something, but you don't have in mind the victory that you already have in Christ mm-hmm. and that you're fully satisfied in that, you're doing it wrong. And you're going to be disappointed when maybe that doesn't work out how you thought it would. Um, but the danger that I think a lot of us do, at least what I've dealt with, is like, all right, well, I'm all in on victory in Christ, being satisf- satisfied in Christ. I just won't ever ask for anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I just won't pray. Like, I won't pray for anything specific. I'll keep everything super generic. That way, I never get my feelings mm-hmm. hurt. And um, we'll just do it like that. And I think that's wrong, too. Like, they, it's we there has to be both. So, um, I don't know how clear that was on Sunday, but that was kind of the, the hopefully, the emphasis of of praying for victory in, in this life. So... Um, because really, and I guess it will come up Sunday, this Sunday, the only true promise victory that we have as Christians is victory in Christ. We, God didn't say, isn't saying to us, like he told David, go take out these Philistines, like go save the inhabitants. It's going to work out for you. Like you're going to have success. Yeah. That's a, a very specific promise in the immediate. God doesn't give us that. Like God isn't saying to us audibly apply for that job if you apply for that job you're going to get the job yeah. <laughs> you know like you don't have that you have a larger better promise of victory in christ so you got to yeah, keep both of those realities pales in comparison to that 
Yeah. I promise. That's good. All right. So two. Um, what was the question? How does God answer prayer? <laughs> By revealing the path forward. Uh, I, I like this question because it's very relevant for us. Should we look for signs today as an answer to prayer? This was all over the place in our group. Yes. Okay. You what does that look, look for like? them in your Bible? Oh. <laughs> no, I just put down. Uh, yeah, I mean that's you said it in in your sermon that this word he speaks to us is through his word. But I mean, just be wise. Uh, read your Bible. Pray and um, seek counsel from other godly people in your life. Yeah. And I, I think this is one that I wanted to bring up behind the message because I, I do feel like I, again, downplayed the reality that God can use things to, to show us a clear reality of what to do according to God's Word. Yeah. So there can be signs of just, Someone said it best, and it, it might have been Jesse. Like these are always very clear signs. They're not. We don't serve a confusing God. You know, like these are going to be clear, um, and you're not looking at the stars, and you know you're not you're not becoming a Christian astrologist. It's just like I've heard that. I mean, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, so we always heard that illustration. Like you know that family. There's like a flood, and the family's on the roof. And the rowboat comes by, and they're like, I'm just praying for God for, for help. Thanks. And then they keep going, everyone. And God's like, I sent you help. There was your sign. Um, that always stuck with me because it is, it, it is true, and it's also corny. Um, but it's still true. Like God will put things in our life, uh, people, situations, everything, that might reveal the best opportunity path forward. Yeah. But all of that uh, reveals should reflect God's word. If it doesn't reflect God's word, that's not from God. Right. So, um, those are very complicated. I, I think making those kind of decisions uh, shouldn't be done in isolation. You should have other people in your life that love you and know God's word that can help yeah. figure out. I said Sunday to someone like, you know, what does that look like when there might be there might be multiple sign there might be a clear sign and i said well if your wife says no then there's your sign <laughs> you, know, like, you know what i mean like I, we just had we had lots of like, even our our decision to move closer to family um i wouldn't have done that if Corey was like telling me something different yeah. like god is not trying to split up godly marriages because one spouse got a crazy sign from the Lord. Right. Um, that's not, I don't see that um, in scripture to, today. Um, so that doesn't mean that the Lord can't reveal something to me in God's word and my wife not have a conviction about it just yet. But I'm not going to make that decision knowing she loves Jesus, she's prayed about it, and she's totally against it. So... Um, you know, maybe you can pray the prayer like, if it's from you, Lord, change her heart. Yeah. So that was just a side marriage counseling advice. So, um, all right, there it is. Signs. I think we have a question for you, Jason. How does prayer reveal the word of God to us? 
two passages, John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I've said to you. And then John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So when we pray, and we pray to walk in the Spirit, we pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal God's Word to us. Um, that's the primary role of the Spirit, to reveal truth, um, not new truth, truth that's already been spoken. So it's, it's literally the reason I pray um, every Sunday before we study the passage. That's not like some like manuscript preaching trick where I'm like, this is how you make the transition from your intro uh, illustration to a passage, the main passage. It's no, that's, we're trying to stop and pray um, not for intellectual knowledge. We're praying that the Holy Spirit would reveal the word of God to us. It's the reason like you've heard or read something in the Bible a thousand times. And then all of a sudden, like, I grew up in church, so I've heard a lot of this stuff a thousand times, and then something just clicks. Whether you've read it, you're at a conference, something. Someone says something a certain way from God's Word, and you're like, there it is. I never saw that before. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not a clever preacher. That's the Holy Spirit. So that's why we pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word of God to us, which oftentimes reveals the path for what should we do with our lives. Um, all right. How does prayer, I kind of answered some of this, how does prayer help in making decisions? Oh, well, hopefully, um, hopefully we're, we're, um, it can help clear our minds and help us to focus on the Lord and, and to see, um, what, what path is best in that decision, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a clear cut answer for this, but. Like you said before, it's if it's outside. I mean, if it's something against God's nature, you're, it's probably best not to to do it. You know? Yeah, God didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you would say even the act of repentance is not just some theological thought. It's prayer. You're yeah. praying. So I think that how do I make decisions? Um, I've had to stop myself and say like. I mean, am I even right with the Lord? Like, mm. should I, not, maybe I need to repent. Like, I need to be, just have a clean heart, clean mind, and then think through what's next. Um, so, it's probably your best starting point. Mm. If you have a decision to make, I mean, most of them are just, we all make a thousand decisions every day. Yeah. But, like, these monumental, bigger decisions in our life, the starting point is make sure you're, you're praying a prayer of repentance and like are you and the lord good before you're trying to work through this um so that and um like we've mentioned before if your heart's not right with the lord you're asking him for help and a decision and he may not be listening to that um so Repentance is a huge part of, of that. All right. Uh, 
How do we, what is it? I keep forgetting. <laughs> How does God answer prayer? By protecting against the enemy. You would think I had taught this message. <laughs> yeah. uh, question for you. When should we flee the enemy? 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. I referenced this on Sunday. Um, or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute... I guess I didn't read that verse. <laughs> or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes uh, one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. For he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Then we get to verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So we can certainly say, at the very least, that sexual immorality is something to flee. Hmm. When should you flee the enemy? Sexual immorality. Um, that's, that's not something uh, to stay and resist. Um, I think the passage, and I, I reference it on Sunday, the passage in James, but the, when we're faced with temptation, it's to resist and flee. I don't think we have to pick. We should not pick one or the other. It's resist and flee. Resist is is not to stay until you finally give in. You're like, I'm just going to just try to fight this. And then you're like, you got to get out of there, man. Like you're going to you stay there long enough, you're going to give in. So yeah. resist is not to stay until you give in and flee is not to abandon those that you love. Let me give you a quick story to illustrate that. Um, I went to a, a lifeguard party after high school, lifeguarded for several years, and this was freshman year in college. Um, and we went to someone's house. Almost everyone was drunk. I mean, that's what she did at lifeguard parties. And uh, the temptation to be a part of that, to drink, to be an idiot was very present and we stayed for about 30 minutes and I told my friend Jake who uh, we came together with he, he must have drove I said I like I need to get out of here like we gotta leave um, we can't we can't stay here um, I'm not saying I always made great decisions but that was a good decision in the moment and we finally left and found something else to do and for me in that moment I had uh, to resist and then flee to the temptation of the enemy. Um, resist did not mean stay at the party and try really, really hard not to sin. Um, flee did not mean like I left and abandoned all my friends that stayed and was ignored them and never loved them ever again and like just isolated myself the rest of my life. So it's resist and flee should be ever present in our mind when te- when temptation arises the enemy might present that to us you, we should be thinking uh, resist resist i would say you better have some scripture in mind and mm-hmm. flee is get yourself out of that situation whatever it is so simple like you're roaming through target and you're a greedy person and you're like i got to buy something i got to buy something to make myself feel better and we don't like to admit that in the moment <laughs> but it's like just leave target like go somewhere yeah. else like don't stay there and keep window shopping because eventually you're gonna grab something and buy it and you're like ah, i shouldn't i fed that in me i fed mm-hmm. that greed in me and i think we've all been there on some level so resist flee
Um, I mentioned it Sunday. How does prayer, how does Jesus pray for us in John 17, 14 through 19? Um, yeah. He prays that, prays for his believers. He prays that his believers remain in the world. He would, you might think the opposite of that, but no, he prays that we remain in the world. I know. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I didn't want to rabbit trail too much on Sunday, but I think that was a crazy part of that prayer. Yeah. Um, not crazy. It's just, it goes against Christian culture. Yeah. But no, he prays that, that his believers remain in the world and, the, and not only just remain in the world, but they, to be an influence on the world or to the world for good. Yeah. Um, as difficult as that may be. Um, he prays that their lives and ministries are not overcome by Satan or any other kind of evil and that they are kept from doing any kind of evil. Um, he prays that his believers are sanctified in God's truth. And um, actually that word truth in that verse in the Greek is a noun and not an adjective. Um, and this implies that God's word does not simply conform to some other standard of truth, um, but that it. It, it is truth itself. Yeah. Uh, it is the standard of truth against which everything else must be um, tested and compared to. Yeah. It's good. You did your research on yeah. that one. <laughs> Good for you, man. No, that was super helpful. That was super helpful. Yeah, don't ask me to pronounce that Greek word, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I told you I've been like mm-hmm. slowly starting back Greek. I did week one. I watched week two's video, and that's it for right now, so... It's gonna be a slow grind. I think. I think with it's like working out. Anything, yeah. you just always assume like I can do this all at once, and I'm like, no, no. you got to do it consistently. <laughs> yep, consistently. Every day, every other day, you got to do it consistently. You want to see some progress. So, I say all that to say, don't ask me to pronounce that <laughs> Greek word, although I should be able to. But all right, main point: pray without see- ceasing. Always pray. Uh, so, Jason, what does the parable of the widow uh, in Luke 18, 1 through 8, have to do with prayer? I've done this a few times, and I do wonder, like, are people picking up on it while I'm saying it? Like, I'll I'll take a parable or something in the Bible and just share it as an illustration, oh. a story. And I didn't know if, like, people are like, oh, he's talking about the in that one parable with the widow, or if they're like, man, that... My hopefully my goal is to say it that way. People are like that. That mean judge, you know. Like who's that widow? Who's the widow he's talking about? Um, so, anyways, if you don't know it, it's a great parable. Read it. Um, yeah. What does it have to do with <laughs> prayer? It's that that we have a righteous judge that wants to give us justice when we pray. It's not just a prayer for things. Um, we've gone over that one. It's a prayer for justice and righteousness to reign in this widow's life. She's being unfairly treated. Um, it's an ongoing prayer to the Lord and for the Lord to move, which is why Jesus, and I didn't bring this up, well, I read it, but we didn't talk through it. Jesus ends that parable by saying, will the Son of Man find faith? And you're like, well, that's that's a weird way to... I thought we were talking about prayer. Like, why, why are we talking about eschatology? Like, why are we talking about Jesus coming back? I thought we were talking about this widow getting justice. And I thought this had to do with prayer. Um, 
and I would say that's not a random comment that Jesus is making. There's an ever-present connection between faith and prayer. And if you don't pray, Mm -hmm. you lack faith. And um, not to answer some of your question here, but if you aren't a praying kind of Christian, you're not a faith kind of Christian, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly concerning. That's why we we get some end times talk when Jesus returns. Will he find anyone that has faith? Mm. Because if you got faith, then you better be praying. They go hand in hand. So this will partly answer some of your question, but why do you think, um, what do you think keeps people from having a consistent prayer life? Um, we let we let things of this world get in, get in the way. Obviously, uh, we're too busy. We don't have time. Um, but in reality, we do not set time for it. Uh, we do not make it a priority in our life. Um, we tend to only pray when things are bad, or we want something to, or we want something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should pray daily, good, bad, or ugly. Good day, bad day. Um, and we should set a time daily to speak with the Lord. Um, not as a, a checklist item, but as a time to talk with the Creator, who we now have access, <laughs> thanks to the greatest sacrifice ever, thanks to the greatest gift we've ever been given. We can talk to the Creator of everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, Christ gave His life, bore our sin, so we could have access to God. Um, so we should seek out time whenever we can to speak with the Father. Yeah. Do you? I I kept trying to. think through this question because obviously it's something that comes up all the time in church life like praying more why don't we pray more why aren't we more consistent and there is a simple answer of or i guess something that you can easily see is we're just super busy Hmm? um and we don't stop for anything um other than just I don't think we stop because everything seems to be going. If everything seems to be going okay, there's no major issues in your life. Right. That's so, when I find that I'm not praying so, the most. Yeah, let me push on that one. That's where I think we don't pray because you really don't believe God's word. You just don't. You don't believe it. Like the the greatest for me, what I've seen, the greatest indicator of someone that um, is not really a Christ follower is someone that doesn't pray. Mm. And because they don't, like, why would you pray to someone that you, I mean, you don't even believe these. That's the main reason you're not doing it. Like, or you're the world's biggest idiot. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you just don't believe it. You Mm. really don't believe. If you really believed that when you did did these things, God heard you, responded, things mm. happened. If you be, if you really believe that, you would pray. Um, and and I would say to press even deeper, you would pray for real eternal things, not just. Well, I'm a praying person. I'm like you just pray for sick people. That's the mm. only thing you do. You pray for people to get better jobs and for people that are really sick. And those are great things to pray for. Right. Don't, I mean, I would never want anyone to say, 
Jason's hating on that or don't put in the prayer list. I brought this up on Sunday before too. Like Mm -hmm. we should absolutely pray for those. But when you're not praying for, I want to walk in the spirit. Mm. I want to love my enemy. I want, you know, I want my neighbor or this coworker to understand the hope of the gospel. Like you're, if you're not praying for those things, Mm. that reveals to me a lot of like, I don't even know what kind of faith you have. And I'm saying that to myself. Like I'm not, it's not an accusation for everyone else. Like, that's what I struggle with in those moments. I just don't believe it, um, which is why I do a lot of repenting. So <laughs> I got to get my heart right. Um, you know, I don't when I was listening to Ask, ask Pastor John the other oh, yeah. day, and somebody asked him if he ever, if he ever doubted and not, yeah. you know, had moments where he didn't believe in God. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah, and, and I don't want, because I hear a lot of, I think there's a danger too in American, America evangelicalism of, like, every preacher just acts like this total train wreck of a human being. They're like, well, the Lord just, like, I'm a hot mess, and the Lord loves me. And I'm like, we didn't. I mean, none of your life is okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're a leader in the church. Like, called to live above reproach. Like, you're not, you're that much of a mess. I don't like that idea of, like, I doubt all the time. And you're like, okay, wait a second. Like, get yourself together or step out of the pulpit. However, what I have noticed is, like, it's that, it, it is very helpful to hear from I, I've told people in our church, because they, they think these things, and they're like, am I the only one? I'm like, no, man, like you're, I struggle with it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you wake up, I don't want to come to church, and yet I'm the one with the message. i got to come <laughs> preach, and I don't even want to do it. Sometimes you're in the middle of just whatever weird season, and you're like, is this even real? Like, I've... I've watched videos, like I've watched TikToks or different things, and someone says some argument, and you're like, that seems super convincing. Is, is the Bible unreliable? And you just have to go back and say, like, no, that's not what I believe. And there's really incredibly intellectually smart people that have great answers for those. Um, so I don't know how we got there, but I just don't, yeah. I don't want to be that preacher that's like, man, is this guy, what's going on with this guy? (laughs) Every week he tells us what kind of, you know, mess he is. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we'll end with a little Halloween fair. I bet there's people who are like, I hate Halloween. There's people in our last church, even if I like, if I posted anything, they're like, we hate Halloween. And I'm like, look, I get it. Actually, Costi Hinn, um, Benny Hinn's nephew Mm -hmm. who, Costy's solid, but he posted like four or five things for Christians to think about on Halloween. I thought it was good. Um, so this isn't a Halloween talk. We've done all that. If you don't like it, ignore it. I know we our prayer team, there are several people on our church prayer team that are praying on Halloween. Not because they're like, we're going to keep the devil at bay. Maybe they'll pray that, but <laughs> it was already scheduled. So... That's awesome. That's a great thing. Um, but that is a... They, I think there's so many ministries in this church that people don't even realize exist or happen, and they should, but um, they are a driving force in this church. So hats off to the prayer team. 
Um, please pray that my kids get some solid Halloween candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something good. Something good to eat. Um, what's your favorite candy? That's our last question. Yeah, I feel like we've answered this like well, 10,000 times. All right, well... But I'm fine with it. I like candy, so I can talk about it. All right. What's your favorite? I've got like a big list here. No, let's just say... I can't. Do that that island test. No. I have to drop you off on this deserted island. You got one candy. Okay, I I take a hollowed out book with 15 other candies. (laughs) I can't pick one. Dude, come on. No. What's the the first one you wrote down? Runts. What? Just regular runs, not even the chewy ones. Yeah, regular runs. Oh yeah. I used to get big bags of them for Christmas I when I was a kid. Yeah. My teeth are like just shattering <laughs> when I eat runs. Runs is the first thing I wrote down. Do you, I bet you even eat the banana runs. Yep, don't you? I eat them all. Monster. <laughs> Love runs. Have you had? I'm chewy? just thinking about going and getting Have a box right chewy? now. Yeah. The chewy ones. They're not good. the same. All right. Okay. What? What? Give me your list. All right. Really wonky. <laughs> Peach rings with and without cinnamon. Yep. Okay. That's uh, a good sweet tarts, bottle caps. Yeah. Mr. Good bars, nerds, Kit Kats. <laughs> like my children. <laughs> anything. Well, pretty much anything. I write down Reese cups and Reese pieces. Yeah. Yeah. The kids don't like chocolate, but they would have had everything else. Yeah. As real. They don't like nerds. chocolate. They don't like. No. No, they don't mm-hmm. even really like desserts. Judah does. He's donuts, cupcakes, cake. But the twins just... Eliza doesn't even really like candy. She'll eat it. That's weird. So she's not left out. But Ezra is the one that just eat candy all day. Mm. Um, yeah, I get it. I think I would say I went through a long um, period where I was just... Lemonhead and Friends, Chewy Lemonhead and Friends were Chewy, chewy Lemonhead and Friends. I about died on a Lemonhead in high school, but go on. Oh, great. Was that, I bet it wasn't Chewy. No. Yeah. It was not. No. So, but now I think most people know Mike and Ike. Sorry. The, the number one go to. If I, like, we were at. Um, you had what? Black Licorice up in. I, mind, the, I only had two <laughs> Mike and Ike's and Black Licorice. And I would have, I'd eat black licorice every day, all day, but then the internet told me my heart was going to stop if I keep doing that. (laughs) So, it's a very real thing. Okay. So, so black licorice is either made with like real black licorice or it's made with, it starts with an A, something that tastes like black licorice. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But if you eat the real stuff and do it a lot, it can... Give, like throwing a cardiac arrest. Something really? Like it drops your potassium levels. I mean, you got to be eating candy like me. You got to be eating a bag of licorice every day, which would be no problem for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll still eat it, mm-hmm. but I got to. Oh, Bartley, did you take a picture of your bag of black licorice with my phone while we were. There's a picture on my. from the conference. I got to look at it. Maybe I gotta look at the I gotta look at it. At the con- we went to that conference last month, and we went to Kroger on the way there, and I just I went to show my aunt the picture of us yeah. and Piper the other day, and I was scrolling through my photos, and I was like, yeah. Why is there a bag of black licorice yeah. in my? I travel phone? I travel like a junior high child. <laughs> just we stop at Kroger to get like 
you know, water. Chris is buying bottled water and like adult things. Like, oh, let me see. I must have. That's something I took. Did yeah, I text, that's what I'm saying. That I texted it to you. No, that's in my photo reel. Like, where am I? Like, maybe you saved it. I did buy. So let me. We'll end with this. Howie's jumbo black jelly beans i got at kroger were fantastic they were great um so anyways but like if we were at five is it five below the other day Mm -hmm. last week and they have a little candy section and my brain was in overload and i picked up mike and ike's because no 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 i didn't i picked up hot tamales you didn't as resistant a flea, that's for sure. I didn't resist. No, no, no. It comes to candy. I'll just give in to candy. I have dialed it down because as I get older, I'll, I mean, I won't eat a little candy at night. I will finish whatever it is. I'll finish that bag or that box. Yeah. It's going to be gone quickly. Yep. And then I'll wake I agree. up. That's fucking, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You just can't yeah, fill your body full of sugar and go to bed, apparently. All right. You want to pray? I can. Okay. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you again this time that we can gather together and uh, dive deeper into your word. Uh, We just want to thank you for for the sacrifice of your son that we can uh, even access, have access to you, Lord, that we can talk to you, that we can bring our uh, problems and our joys, and, and then you do listen. Um, thank you for all that you have done for us, all that you are doing. Uh, we pray um, that we are able to live in peace and to uh, be a light in this world to uh, share your gospel, your wonderful news. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.